Okay, here we are, episode 11 of the Photography Brothers. And don't worry, we've got a great show in store for you. And any great show starts with a great intro. So, mm -hmm. Sydney, it's a little early to be cutting the intro music. I know that, I know that, but this uh, this intro song that we have here, it's gonna be worth it. So Sydney, I just need you to cut that intro music here. All right. And here we go with the intro. <clears throat> Michael's ready. I'm ready. Fo do bros. It's time to start the show. Fo do bros. It's time to start the show. And we're taking photos and we're taking photos because we're the photo bros. Hey, we're going to take photos. We're the photo bros. Hey. Woo! That was a sick one. <laughs> I was playing the drums. Jeez, wow. Oh, I was shooting guns off. <laughs> Where is this concert? <laughs> Texas. <laughs> There's no applauding. It's just gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Here we are. This It's the Photography Brothers. I'm your brother, Jared Poirier. I'm a photographer. I'm a videographer. I'm a content creator. And I am here with another man who takes photos the uh, famous photographer well-known in all circles of photography here on the internet and abroad. Mr. Michael Costa, you really painted a, a big a big picture. Uh, that's an ironic term to use, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'm known across the whole the whole the whole spectrum wow. there, but uh, you, you know, definitely. Uh, Definitely have a few hundred subscribers on my YouTube channel. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. A couple hundred. That's um, pretty good, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We that. actually, um, not a lot of people know, it, but uh, Michael and I both have a PhD in photography from yes. uh, from Photo Bros University, which is one of yeah. the most uh, prestigious podcast uh, based photography universities mm -hmm. out there. If you guys want to sign up. Uh, it's only like 30k a year, so you know you'll learn from me and Michael. It's just going to cost you 30k, and uh, well, it's 30k a that, year, so. but it, the I think the the shortest program is about five five years. Mm -hmm. So, so you're about we you're do about, recommend what, ten years. We recommend 10, we though. recommend the ten year. <laughs> um, that's how you can get your your masters. But if you want your PhD, you're going to need 20. Uh, we, yeah. we, we call that the retirement fund um, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. the reason you don't need to know. <laughs> That's OK. It's just, you know, it's just how yeah. it worked out. We're, random word generator, you know. I feel like we might be uh, giving away our future plans, man, with this whole uh, podcast and photography career <laughs> stuff. You know, obviously, we've been uh, studying our L. Ron Hubbard and we're about to start uh, the photography which but, is yeah. uh, photog new photography-based religion, and uh, it's going to be taken over. It's going to be taken over LA, and uh, be ready for that, everybody. So, Amen. Amen. Um, but before we can take over LA and then the world, uh, first we're going to have to conquer this very episode of Photography Brothers. And like I said at the very top of this episode, this is going to be a great episode of Photography Brothers. We've got a great topic and a great news story, and uh, I'm excited to get into it here. Michael Costa, what is our uh, topic for the episode today? So, um, the topic of today is um, is is loneliness. It's loneliness. Aww. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, I, I think the topic is, is essentially, you know, like... Do you feel lonely? Like, you know, this is something that um, it's it's easy. It's an easy emotion to to feel um, during uh, during um, the pursuit of uh, many crafts. But I think photography as well, you know, like when you um, you know, if you're in film, you're you're often um, you, you rely on on the presence of other people behind mm -hmm. and, and in front of the camera. Um, in photography, you know, I mean, you could you could, you know, be shooting uh, with people, but maybe not, um, you know, maybe you're not a very social person and, uh, or, or you are, um, doing product photo just at your home studio. And, and, mm -hmm. and there, there, there are many, I guess, examples to how you could feel lonely, but it, it is expressed often. And, um, I think we, we'd really want to talk to 
um, maybe the different ways that you can feel lonely and, and, um, and also like if you, if you are feeling this, if you have felt this, definitely share in the comment comments down below. This is, it's almost like a workshop that we're kind of working through here together. Um, and, uh, and then the last part is how to remedy that problem. But, mm-hmm. um, I think let's start with, with maybe the different ways that we can feel lonely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely, I love the way that you summed everything up there. Uh, that was really well done, buddy. And I'm excited to get into this topic. There's quite a few uh, ways that I find uh, photography to be a bit lonely, as you mentioned, as opposed to other creative pursuits, uh, particularly filmmaking. Uh, but there's a lot of other ones like you could just like name a whole bunch, you know, fashion and and other things yeah. like that, or just fields in general where where people are working. If you have like a an office job or something like that, or, or pretty much any field that you could work in, uh, there's going to be a lot of other people who are on your team and a lot of people to feed off of their energy. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, but to go back to like the film set example, right? Like it's, uh, it's a shared celebration when it goes well and it's, uh, and it's a shared, you know, frustration, I guess, uh, if something doesn't go well. And a lot of the time, let's be honest in photography, it's just you and your camera and, uh, and you're out there shooting the photos and yeah, I mean, sometimes you're going to have, uh, huge victories and uh, sometimes you're going to have defeats and kind of seems like as opposed to a lot of other uh, creative fields or otherwise that you end up kind of just having those uh, celebrations yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, or, you know, or you have to yeah suffer that that crash by yourself right yeah exactly so kind of dealing with all of that um, that type of situation of the loneliness of photographers Uh, The other way that I find photography uh, can be a little bit lonely is just in the fact of like the knowledge that you gain and everything in photography, you kind of, and I'm sure like I've experienced this and I think you've probably experienced this too, Michael, uh, no one knows what you're talking about anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There's like, there's right. There's things that you get like super excited about, Um, you know, oh, they just released this new camera. It does like. 4k 120 or whatever and it's just like other people don't even have any frame of reference for like why you care about that or i just got this new lens and it allows me to do like wide angle or allows me to do zoom and the aperture is this and like you're so excited about it right you're like yeah f f (laughs) 1.4 and everybody else is just like dude i don't care i do not care like i shoot photos sure on my iphone put them on instagram but (laughs) so yeah as you like kind of learn it's almost uh yeah a bit of an issue uh, with the field of photography that I think we'll need to address here um, is kind of the better you, that you get at it, the more that you learn, uh, the more that that kind of separates you from other people. And this is true in in other fields as well. But as we were saying, a lot of other things are uh, collaborative efforts, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, things coming to mind for you? Um. Yeah. So I think like one that we've kind of summed up in a few areas is just you know, like when you're getting started as well, like just, you know, when you're getting started, um, you know, you're not, you might not have, um, picked up the camera due to someone that you, you know, or related to, you may have just picked it up because someone sent you a a Peter McKinnon video and you thought it was really cool. And so you wanted to start doing it and, um, maybe you're walking around taking photos and stuff, but you're lacking kind of, um, the interaction element of it, which is so big. And, um, and so, you know, you might just be experiencing it and practicing it um, alone. And, and uh, of course, that can be lonely. The other element, too, is, is uh, I guess this is more of a, uh, a, 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 a reason that is relevant to today, mm-hmm. a more relevant topic to today, but is the pandemic, right? Like, um, it's kind of a, a twist on, the to- on, on this, but it, it's true. Um, you know, a lot of us loved to go and shoot around with friends or... or you know, had clients that we love to go and shoot for. Um, and, uh, we just can't do it right now. Um, and so, you know, even, you know, even, you know, in the context of, of what we're doing here right now, you know, I'm sure me and Jared would have loved to be sitting across the table from each other and shooting this. And we were lucky enough to, to shoot episode one, um, that way, but right. But, um, 
you know, the, the pandemic has, always, uh, has as well been um, an, an influencer in the topic of loneliness. For yeah, sure. it's it's a lonely time for everybody. Right. But then you're taking like the loneliness yeah. of, uh, of photography and kind of compounding it with the uh, pandemic. I know this is starting to sound a little bit dark, guys. We are going to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's a bright side. Solutions. Yeah. After we're done uh, staring into the void of loneliness here. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like people are working from home and stuff like that but like uh when i look at like even to use my girlfriend masha another person who doesn't understand what i'm talking about um <laughs> her, her her job uh you know normally she would be in like an office setting around a bunch of other people she's working from home but she's still in a slack with like a whole you know 20 or whatever other people and mm -hmm. you know there's a lot more uh teamwork and stuff involved with that and with my job i mean i do like video and video editing and whatnot so there there is more teamwork uh from from that uh point of view mm -hmm. but i do again i spend a lot of time uh shooting photos and youtube videos and whatnot uh by myself and yeah it definitely uh can be pretty lonely for sure for sure especially in yeah. these times yeah but uh, yeah maybe we should get into some of the solutions yeah, let's 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 uh, get into the positive here, guys. Right. This, we, uh, this is something that can help. And we can use some uh, personal stories here as well, Michael. I think this is a great opportunity to bring some uh, specific examples of how you and I have addressed this problem. So what are some uh, things that you've done to make photography uh, less lonely for yourself and maybe some things that you uh, plan on doing in the future? Some other ideas around that? Yeah. I, that's actually a great transition, man. I did I did plan on sharing a story, and uh, it starts in a in a it, maybe it's a good transition because it starts in a in a, in a sort of a negative place, but then goes into kind of the, the lighter uh, solutions that we're we're talking to right now. So, um, you know, started from a a very lonely place. Um, you know, I so okay, so I. Uh, I used to take photos uh, maybe eight or nine years ago. That's probably when I started picking up a camera and, and kind of walking around taking photos. But a lot of that was, you know, just me um, by myself going to downtown Toronto and walking around taking photos. And uh, First it's cam? beautiful. With and what cam? The uh, T3i. Oh, oh, oh. T3i, yeah. And uh, Plastic Fantastic. That landed lasted me too long. <laughs> too long. I love um, it, man. Yeah, That's man. Great. Um, great, low, so great that, low light. Great low light on that cam. <laughs> oh, man. It is. Yeah. Like you basically if the sun has even begun to set you, you yeah. I mean, it's always guess, I guess, beginning to set. <laughs> but, but but but, you know, uh, if that start, a sky starts to turn a little orange, you're going home yeah. like it's it's it, you know, even golden hours of push. But <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know. Um, that's, that's just how I was used to experiencing photography. And there were a couple of odd times, of course, me and, and a friend would go out, but that's just how I was used to, to expressing it. And, um, and there was a, a girlfriend that I had, uh, at, uh, at that time who had broken up with me and, uh, big mistake, I was big mistake. Hey, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, of course, like anyone, I you're mean, really down and I know, I, yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. But, um, you know, I was really down about it. And of course, everyone, everyone would be. And, and I guess just the way that I was used to experiencing photography wasn't, um, I didn't see it as a pot, like a great outlet for me. Like I didn't, I didn't want to go downtown by myself and just take photos. Um, and then there was one night, uh, a good friend of mine, his name's Ryan. Um, I, I want to link him down below because he, he deserves a shout out. All right. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, I was doing a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, intoxication, a lot of drinking, a lot mm -hmm. of drinking and stuff. And that's really all I wanted to do. And in Canada day was, was party day. <laughs> There's lots of partying, uh, by myself. And, uh, and, uh, so, uh, one day it was Canada day and, and I was like, Hey Ryan, like, do you want to just go to a bar, grab a drink? And he's like, no, nah, man, listen. I want you to trust me. We're going out. Okay. I'm like, okay. Okay. Uh, it wasn't that easy, by the way. He had to really talk me into it. Um, but uh, we went out downtown Toronto and we met up with two of his photographer friends. Uh, nice. Her name is Jess and Gloria. Um, mm -hmm. Awesome as well. But um, I, it, 
the day the night went really well like i learned about community that day like we all we just walked around at three o'clock in the morning taking photos of each other and like practicing posing and practicing light techniques and it was like this whole element of photography that i just never thought to experience was community mm -hmm. and and especially if you're in like a hot spot like toronto like new york and california like there are tons of people and unfortunately again like we mentioned earlier the pandemic right now is maybe not time to, to do this specific solution but um you know as it passes really try to get out there go to uh, photo walks and meetups and there's so many of these all the time um, and it's a great way to it's almost like a refreshing new take on on how you experience the art and um you know the added benefits are also that you you get to to of course make some new friends uh, learn from them and and um and yeah it becomes a lot more than just just you and your camera it's you and in the community and 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 getting excited about this thing with somebody right nice man that's really interesting because it uh it overlaps a lot with how i got into photography in a oh. lot of ways uh, i can get into that a little bit i think it would be kind of uh enlightening here um i too mm -hmm. started on a canon t-series camera a little better than hey. yours though i gotta say i made an investment from the start spent about 200 dollars more than michael costa on my first camera uh. I, don't, I don't know what that says about our commitment to photography uh relative to each other <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but I had a uh, Canon T5i ballin, I know. Wow. Yep, yep, that was my first cam. And um, from the very beginning, uh, photography was something that was uh, communal for me, I guess, um, because my friend Pavel, who was a photographer, uh, he kind of, uh, we lived really close to each other. Like I lived on one level of a house and he was kind of like my neighbor, like downstairs. Oh, wow. Uh, so nice. yeah, we spent a, lo a lot of time together. Uh, I can definitely relate to the getting drunk thing. Um, we spent a lot of time doing that <laughs> and a lot of time, uh, playing Nazi zombies on, uh, oh! on Call of Duty. <laughs> nice. Shut Sorry. I got way too hyped up for that. Go ahead. Sorry. It's okay, bro. We want to get hyped on the podcast. Nazi zombies <laughs> shut out. <laughs> um, yeah, we played a lot of Nazi zombies and then we would sit there playing Nazi zombies and uh, in eating craft dinner and talking about how we could be uh, taking photos. <laughs> but he was uh, he was a great photographer. Well, still is. He lives in uh, Paris now, but he got me started, got me into photography. Um, him combined with my friend Alexi, who is another photographer uh, that I really admire. We'll actually link Alexi. So uh, you got a link. I'm taking a link. We're going to link Alexi down here. Um, and both of those boys were uh, Canon shooters. And that's kind of why I got into shooting Canon. And from the very beginning, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, and there was YouTube and stuff like that that got me uh, into it. Like um, Casey Neistat is one example of a, of a YouTuber who really got me excited about like photography and content and whatnot. Cool. But yeah. yeah, from the very beginning, it was something that uh, I could do with my friends and kind of like get at least, you know, even if I was shooting a lot of my photos uh, alone, there would be times that we could meet up with our cameras, we could uh, do some shooting and, and talk about photography and kind of, you know, especially Alexi was was a lot of the talking was just him teaching me stuff about photography, which I uh, which I really appreciate. But yeah, I mean, does that continue uh, for you today? Like we've talked, we've talked to our experience kind of coming up in photography and how we were, you know, mm -hmm. uh, able to make it more of like an exciting thing and something that was like a shared experience with other people. Do you still do a lot of that? Like, what are some things that you're doing now to kind of, uh, to, you know, make it, make it less lonely and make it more of a, of a communal thing? Yeah, man. Um, I, I think it's, it's largely an extension as to how, uh, how I, I really felt like, re-fell in love with photography right like community um and just finding finding different ways to to grow within that and so i think like you know um you know a lot of the friends i have today are, are friends that i made um you know early on in the community side and so um you know we'll often share our feedback with each other um when it comes to, to photography and and the work that we're doing and in the small wins and, and the losses that we have right you know, it's so important to have that support system and to have, um, you know, our, our partners are great for that, but, mm -hmm. but there's, it, it's, it's to a, I guess it's, it's to a degree where sometimes they don't completely understand. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that, that's understandable, uh, of course. Right. Like it, like anything. Um, but you know, to be able to speak to someone and for them to be like, oh man, yeah, you know what? That really sucks, man. But it's cool. You know, um, it is really, really important. And so, 
um, yeah, I think it's largely just like continuing to, um, to, to exist within the communities that you, that you, uh, got into continue to, to, to expand and join social networks. And, um, you know, Facebook has a, a ton of great Facebook pages and groups, um, LinkedIn, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, LinkedIn has some groups as well, but Instagram, uh, 500 pixels is a great site. Uh, if you're based out of Toronto, they constantly have events where they bring people in and they have their models and they have free beer, really wow. good time. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, I think that's a couple of ways, um, a couple of ways there. And then, and then the other uh, aspect of it is, um, you know, I think finding artists that you really, really appreciate, um, you know, and sometimes they'll reply and sometimes they won't, but if you mm -hmm. reach out and try to create a feedback loop with them, like that's really inspiring and motivational. And, and it's someone who, um, might be ahead of you who, who can, truly understand but also help you see where you to go from there because he's experienced it or she's experienced it so i think having those mentors in your life that that exists in that space are are also really really important yeah it's definitely uh definitely an important aspect of photography and it's just it's so interesting how there are almost like I've experienced this in business a lot too, right? There's kind of in business, there's like all these business owners doing all these different things independently, right? Because that's, you know, just how they were taught to do it or they yeah. maybe want to keep like secrets from somebody or whatever, right? Yeah. And then I've also found when you kind of tear those walls down, you get people together in, uh, in a good networking event or something like that people start mm -hmm. to share a lot of the same problems, right? And a lot of the the solutions come up like, there's been a lot of things in photography and video that I've really like had to struggle with and kind of, you know, learn by trial and error. And uh, definitely a lot of places where I could have reached out and just got a little bit more help. And I was kind of thinking at those times, like, you know, oh, I have this problem and how am I going to solve it? And something that's definitely true that I've learned in, in photography, but also in business is that like most of those problems uh you know you're you're not as special maybe as you think i mean you are special i don't want to tell you that you're not but <laughs> the uh the problems that you're experiencing in photography uh chances are other people have experienced that before right like maybe you're having trouble uh you know you're taking these photos and the the colors aren't coming out properly and you're like oh i can't figure this out you know maybe you talk to someone and they teach you a little bit more about like how to use the white balance you know and then you're like oh mm -hmm. crap okay now i can get the this more accurate to what i want or whatever so yeah there's just a lot of opportunities where you can uh lean on other people uh like events that you were talking about like networking events especially uh photography specific ones can be great yeah. but just like uh, getting out and shooting with your friends. I mean, that's harder to do, obviously, right now with the with the pandemic situation and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. When th there was a break in it that things were a little bit less restricted and as like things get a little bit more lifted, there'll be more opportunity for this. But I've had a couple of chances to uh, to go out with some friends, including my friend Amy Chupruk, another uh, very talented photographer who I love to shoot with. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's a ball, man. It's a lot, it's a lot more fun, uh, when you go out with somebody else and kind of see their perspective on, uh, on what, what they're shooting and things like that. And maybe that opens your mind up a little bit and gets you a little bit more inspired as well. Right. hundred percent, man, hundred percent. And that's what it's about, right? Like the, the biggest part of doing something is getting better at it in, in like growing and, and, and like being better at it today than you were yesterday. And so I think whenever you go, you know, you go to a meetup and you see someone pick up a leaf and put it in front of the lens and, and shoot someone, you're like, why are you doing that? And it's like, Oh, I'm creating like foreground blur and creating mm -hmm. this e extended depth of, you know, like, Whoa, what? I would have never thought to do that because maybe there wasn't a YouTube video that showed up as suggested at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And this, and also you can just ask questions live. <laughs> so like there's, yeah. it, I think the, the beautiful part about that is just like, it's so um, the the beautiful part about community is that it, it almost becomes more about the experience of going out and shooting and having fun and in like the art aspect of it and mm -hmm. um, than it does to do with the camera in your hand and the photos that you get. It's like um, you know, obviously when you when you get into to, to client work and stuff like that, there, there's like it, some of these tips are, are very very applicable. Um, but uh, of course, you want to have great photos um, there as well. But more so, like from the community element that we're staying on here, uh, it, it's like 
you know, it, it, it really, again, adds another dimension to, to, uh, to photography and, and how you experience and love it. Yeah. Sometimes it's not all about the final image, right? Sometimes it's just about getting out there and shooting and, and what you learn and, in doing that right just in the process yeah. of it it's not always about yeah. the uh the final result but i've found that if i do go out and just try to get some photos um from the point of view like in my mind i'm just thinking like this is going to be fun or this is going to be some good content or whatever maybe yeah. a good vlog uh and then i end up getting some pretty freaking sick photos <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, it's, it's awesome yeah. what you can do when you're not trying to take yeah. a photo yeah. a specific photo and you're just yeah. relying on your surroundings to do so mm -hmm. to, letting the yeah. surroundings kind of speak to it yeah another so yeah, yeah the meetup the meetup stuff uh to meet new people groups on facebook uh following other photographers chatting with photographers on instagram all of these things are very important um building up uh, a network of friends in photography that yeah. you can uh, get out and shoot with or at least you know, send photos to like and chat with, uh, you know, whether that be on like some type of app like uh, Facebook Messenger or whatever. Maybe you even have like a, a Zoom call with them and chat a little bit about photography. Those kind of things can be really good uh, for me personally. Probably the biggest way that I've addressed this problem of loneliness in photography. Uh, you're listening to it right now. This podcast like this has been uh you know, sitting here with Michael every week, it's given me an opportunity to really like focus on photography. It's given me an opportunity yeah. to learn about things. I'll be frank, I otherwise would not have learned about like the, all that stuff yeah. about like Blender. And even today we're going to get into like the underwater photography stuff. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have bothered to learn any of that. Right. But because I yeah. have this, I have this uh, podcast here with Michael and, and, you know, I have a commitment to our listeners and our viewers on YouTube. Uh, that I have to keep pushing myself and keep learning more about photography. And uh, yeah, so this this podcast itself has been a huge resource for me. And I think that mm -hmm. one of our goals with this, um, I, I hope I can speak for Michael here, is that like we want to create a community of photographers around this podcast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't be surprised if you see some uh, some meetups or at least some Zoom meetups uh, coming in the near future with that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, 100 percent. 100% is that the is that the topic? I think that's the topic. That's the topic. Well, that's good, man. It was a good topic. It's time to uh, go into the news. Let's do it. All right. Okay, we are back and we have some excellent photography news for everybody today. Uh, an incredibly interesting story, incredibly inspiring to me and not just because I'm a nerd. Uh, some things I get inspired about um, for very nerdy reasons, uh, but I feel like, and uh, hopefully Michael will, ba will back me up on this, I feel like this is a, a very great topic in terms of general uh, public interest. Right, Michael? This topic's sick. This story, I mean. <laughs> it is it is very very uh cool and uh maybe it'll inspire some of you guys to try this out too Ooh, definitely Ooh. Ins definitely inspiring to me um and mm -hmm. we'll see maybe uh maybe in the future we'll have like a photography brother challenge based around this we'll yeah. see if it's possible to pull off something like that michael and i we have a lot of ideas but uh the idea right now is to get into this new story so we have a story from the atlantic that i'm gonna intro here uh, and it is titled Winners of the 2021 uh, Underwater Photography, uh, Underwater Photographer of the Year Awards. I think I kind of uh, messed up the title there, but that's OK. Whatever. Whatever. It's photography, brothers. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about the Underwater Photography Awards 2021. These are the best photos that have been taken underwater, uh, I think, since the last uh, photography awards. And we've got some pretty wonderful photos here, uh, don't we, Michael? Uh, absolutely unreal photos. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal, unreal. There's a few that we want to uh, spotlight here. I'll talk about the winner. Um, and Michael's making me do the pronunciations here, but that's cool. <laughs> I'm pretty good at doing them, I think, sometimes. Um, so the winner is Shark Skylight uh, by Renee Capozola. Nailed it. Nailed it. This photo is sick. We'll show uh, we'll show it right here. 
um, mm -hmm. for our viewers on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, uh, if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, I will uh, link in the description uh, the uh, whole gallery of all these photos. You can go find them and I'm going to tell you the names so it should be easy. Uh, but yeah, this one, Shark Skylight, is dope and uh, kind of ties in with something that I know that Michael wants to talk about, which is like the crazy perspective of some of these, right? Where this one is shot from like underneath. Um, the uh, Another really great great photo is uh, tying in, which is pretty cool photo here taken by uh, SJ Bennett, who won in the category of best up and coming photographer. So I guess she's a little bit uh, newer in the game. And uh, we have best British underwater photographer. Um, weird category and we'll get into it. But uh, Mark Kirkland uh, for his uh, he won in that category for his uh, beautiful work of photography here while you sleep. And this is a uh, this is where I have to highlight here, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. This is a historic mm -hmm. moment on the Photography Brothers because the Photography Brothers, we've we've talked to before about being on the cutting edge, right? The bleeding edge, mm -hmm. all of the edges. I don't want to go into it again. But we are, have promised you that we'll keep you up to date with all the news around frog photography. Mm -hmm. And we are not disappointing here, folks, because this is a frog photo. And really, I think uh, the way that they've, I mean, I don't want to call anybody out here, but I think the organizers of the Underwater uh, Photography Awards, uh, you guys got to do a little bit of work on the categories here because best yeah. frog, uh, best frog would be a much better category. So 100%. anyways, just, a, just, I mean, I don't want to come off aggressive and, and stuff. I just want, I just want to say, you know, maybe, you know, take that advice for the next one, maybe next year, 2022, uh, photography of the year. Uh, maybe you have a category for best frog, but just to give the, uh, frogs there. They're due. Uh, any other cool photos that uh, Michael Costa really was loving? Um, yeah, man. So I, I think um, there are a few photos here that speak to uh, just really, really interesting perspectives. I, I think, um, you know, just to highlight one before we get into uh, maybe some of the, the topical stuff uh, I want to cover is face-to-face uh, -face is quite uh, unreal like it's one of those photos you, you you look at and you you kind of have to think about whether or not this is a real image uh mm -hmm. it is unbelievable and, and I, I think like who's uh who's the, the photographer for that one that is uh <laughs> you can <laughs> okay. great uh well this one looks pretty easy it's uh, i think it's jingong zhang zhang sounds pretty good buddy. yeah i think that sounds pretty good yeah, i think you gotta that's emphasize the gong i think a little bit more though jingong <laughs> i don't know jingong zhang i have no idea i think is how it's pronounced but great uh job. great job uh, michael on the the color obviously comes through and that's beautiful but it's really just like the intimacy of this photo and the um and just like you know the scale of it like these are probably tiny little guys yeah. and uh the the impressive not to 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 cause a disturbance and have them kind of scatter away and so that that is an unreal and probably like took a lot of patience um you know kind of photos so yeah, really cool. cool one man that's a good one to highlight yeah. too i think it really uh highlights one of the things about underwater photography uh and i don't know exactly how these are selected um but definitely if i was on the board here uh or however it works if i was in charge of selecting these uh the best underwater photos definitely something that you want to consider is just like the challenge right like that's got to come into it the fact yeah. of like putting yourself at risk or putting yourself in some crazy situation situation like uh, honestly shark skylight like there's a bunch yeah. of freaking sharks right <laughs> <laughs> or or from the other point of view like the one the, that you're highlighting here like face to face like how are you capturing that moment how are you getting in close enough to those uh i don't know what the heck they are crazy seahorse things um <laughs> to get that photo right and how are you not yeah. disturbing the environment around and how are you getting the light and everything correct like it's hard enough to take a good photo freaking above the water you know <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, the other one that, that honestly looks really risky is that gothic chamber photo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a fairly tight, uh, fairly tight space. Yeah, I mean, you got your equipment, you have, you know, your your gas line or your, your airlines or whatever. Like, yeah, you have multiple people. Um, it's I, I can imagine be very you know easy for something to go wrong here. So that like yeah. there are elements of risk for sure being 
uh, being played here. Um, but one thing I did want to touch on, and thank you for referencing this earlier, Jared, is the um, it's the differing perspective, differing perspectives that some of these bring. Mm-hmm. I think often, you know, uh, although I don't think enough of us probably uh, try to to try and do that um, uh, underwater photography. There, um, if we go in, we typically go in and shoot down or shoot on a, on a on a uh, horizontal. That's the easy way. Uh, easy way right and so sometimes you wouldn't think to to point your camera upwards or to try and split the cam which we see here a lot um so with that uh, above and underwater um so i think it's you know it this is in general i think it's it's good to practice um you know really utilizing the 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 multiple axes that you can use in photography you know shoot up shoot down always be aware and i think if you you know, if you come from a street photography background, it, it, it's kind of easy to a bit easier to keep that in mind and, mm-hmm. and to think of that. But um, this is certainly another great reminder to um, o- always explore, always be exploring um, in, in your work. Um, so you can look up, look down, look everywhere, uh, split the frame um, or, or take really uptight photos of, of, of shrimp. <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. Uh, an element of perspective here, not just in like yeah. the, literal, the literal definition of like, am I holding the camera up high or going down low? But like to get yourself into the mindset of these creatures, right? Or the mindset yeah. of that environment, like to give you that perspective, like another one, we, you know, we highlighted uh, the frog photo yeah. here uh, while you sleep, which is definitely an interesting one of like all of the life that's going on uh, while you're just chilling in your apartment, uh, maybe sleeping if you're Michael Costa, probably eating pizza pockets and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, playing Call of Duty. What do you, what do you play in these days? Uh, I play a little Warzone, a little, a little bit. Warzone, a little Warzone here and there, but a lot of pizza pockets. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's up studying photography is what I meant to say. That's just tirelessly um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also this uh <laughs> speaking of perspective like another one that i wanted to highlight here is uh jellyfish galore uh by oh, oleg gaponyuk i uh, hope i'm saying that one right there's going to be a lot of not great pronunciations <laughs> on this episode guys <laughs> um and if you are one of these photographers please feel free to reach out uh photo.bros on uh photo.bros.podcast on instagram and uh, let us know mm-hmm. if we uh screwed up your name um but yeah this one jellyfish galore is another crazy one man this one's cool yeah and showing the yeah. uh this the the kind of split um, photo of showing the sky and the water at the same time, uh, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. In fact, uh, technically, all of this stuff is incredibly uh, difficult to do. And I did want to get into a little bit here just in case you guys are interested, um, but also in case you maybe want to get into some uh, underwater photography yourself. Uh, I think Michael kind of researched this stuff a little bit too. So maybe we'll switch gears and uh, and jump into the gear a little bit if that's cool with you, man. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, awesome. So uh, I really, uh, again, I love this uh, this news story here. I think it ties really well in uh, with last week's actually, um, which is a great episode. I highly recommend uh, after you're done listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, jump back to episode 10 and listen to that. Uh, we talk all in the uh, news story section anyways. <laughs> uh, we talk all about the uh, Mars rover and kind of the overlap of yeah. like science and art that goes into uh, that type of photography, like, uh, you know, space photography and photography of other planets and whatnot. Um, This is another perfect example of that, uh, where some of this stuff is, I mean, in this competition, these are more artistic photos. They're meant to make you feel a certain way. They're meant, you know, give you a sense of awe or what we were talking about earlier, like putting yourself in the position of one of these uh, frogs or tadpoles or uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of this underwater photography stuff is for like documenting undersea life and, uh, you know, the circumstances of coral reefs and whatnot, trying to raise people's awareness uh, and, you know, raise the the scientific understanding at the same time of what's going on under the water. Because, yeah, as you were saying, like, this is not something that a lot of people in general think about that much and certainly something where a lot of photographers uh, don't think about it. 
Um, mm -hmm. So some of the tools that you can use if you do want to get into this uh, for the really deep underwater stuff, you're going to need like a uh, scuba setup um, that can be tethered uh, to a boat or whatever. And you're getting your oxygen from there or you can have the oxygen on your back, uh, depending on where you're going and how freaking nuts you are, because I would not be doing <laughs> any of this. <laughs> um, yeah, there's also like basic snorkeling just to get some more like surface level stuff, right? You can just do that with a snorkel. Uh, some of these photos in this competition were probably done with a snorkel. Uh, and then there's like the whole underwater vehicle aspect, I guess, if you're rich, like uh, what's that guy, <laughs> James Cameron or wherever who went down for yeah. the uh, Titanic or whatever. So if you're James Cameron specifically, um, you can probably get uh, one of those uh, underwater uh, submersible vehicles. Um, mm -hmm. so some other stuff, uh, just to go back into a little, we'll just touch on it here quickly. I don't want to get bogged down in the details of this, but I think it is pretty interesting to know the history of underwater photography. Um, one of the first cameras, uh, to be able to do underwater photography with 35 millimeter film, uh, was the Calypso, uh, which is famous for being used by Jacques Cousteau, who is a very famous, uh, French explorer. Um, and another great one, uh, oddly enough, leading the way um, with uh, underwater photography for a long time, like we're talking like years, like 40, 50 years, man, Nikon was was running, was running the game of, uh, of underwater photography with their Nikonos series of cameras that came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, between 1963 and 2001 and all of these cameras you could use them up to 160 feet in the water so super super deep and uh, I guess if you went to 170 feet your camera explodes I'm assuming is uh, what happens <laughs> so safe up to 160 but I wouldn't even go to 162 you know you don't want your camera you don't want you don't want to deal with that you don't want to deal with that trouble um, so no. there is uh, under the uh, Nikon OS um, line there is the Nikonos 5, which inter interestingly enough, you can still get and it's cheap. You can get one for like 300 bucks. Quite a few people are still using these. Uh, they've been around since 1984. Uh, in 1992, the RS came out, which you can still buy right now. Way more expensive. Um, about uh, a grand and a half you're looking at if you want to pick up one of these bad boys. Uh, but this is a waterproof camera that you can use. Uh, up to, I believe, 200 feet, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. Uh, and this is still recognized. Uh, this uh, R6 is still recognized, even though it came out in 1992 and uses film as one of the best cameras for underwater photography. You need hmm. very, very specific um, very specific uh, attributes in a camera. If you're going to shoot underwater, there's a lot of things that are weird about it. And uh, we'll get into some of that in a bit. Uh, but people are still using this. And interestingly enough, um, the one of the main people who use this is the U.S. military. And they actually mm. had, again, very interesting from a photographer perspective. In uh, 1992, they had Nikon and Kodak team up to make a digital version of this camera. Um, so basically taking the R6 and putting a digital back on it. Um, we'll show some pictures of that. Pretty crazy. Um, definitely got me thinking like, you know, we we're talking a lot about Nikon and stuff like that, kind of wondering why they don't, uh, you know, since they were kind of leading this field, why they're not into it a little bit more. Um, and just one more camera that I do want to talk about here, just because it uh, kind of made me laugh. <laughs> it was the uh, Nikon A1, uh, AW1. Uh, which is waterproof up to 50 feet. It has 15 megapixels, um, but not great reviews. And I just want to read this review because it made me laugh. <laughs> uh, it said a few grains of sand can end the AW1's life, <laughs> which I just thought was sad. Um, but these days, uh, most people will use something like an action cam, like a GoPro. Um, not a lot of people are using uh, super specific underwater cameras anymore just because it's pretty expensive, obviously. Um, there is something called the CVU uh, SV2. I won't get into it a lot, but it's the system that uh, Google is using for uh, Google uh, Earth, but underwater, kind of like Google Ocean, I guess. So if you've got uh, the Google Earth app on your computer, or on your phone, you can now explore the depths uh, thanks to the SV2. Uh, and these days, uh, yeah, I mean, there's that. That's kind of for documenting, um, you know, 
that that's pretty expensive the uh the cview the cview uh tech here um mm -hmm. if you just want to do something simple you're probably going to be using like a gopro or uh, a waterproof housing uh so this seems to be the solution that a lot of people are using these days since cameras are so expensive uh and have such good specs um it would be pretty crazy to think about having like let's say you know your full frame uh mirrorless 4k camera and then having another full frame <laughs> mirrorless 4k camera that shoots underwater uh so a lot of people are just getting these housings seems like the cheapest ones you can get are like 300 bucks and the most expensive are around 2k um one of the really popular ones wow. is the acolyte uh 200dl which i know gets to uh 200 feet under the water uh it's waterproof all the way down there um, yeah, so some uh, interesting stuff. Have you ever tested out or used any gear like this? Have you ever done any underwater photography, I should ask as well? Oh, man. So unfortunately, yes. And I'll explain why. Um, <laughs> that's what happened to Michael's T3. Now we learn the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that would be, be terrible. Jeez, um, mm, that no. would be terrible. Yeah. What a loss. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, um, and this will transition into another piece of equipment that you can get. But um, I was uh, I was wrongly under the impression that the uh, iPhone XS was oh. waterproof. Uh -oh. It's actually water resistant. Yeah, um, and uh, it did not stand too well uh, against the sand waters of Cuba, or sorry, oh. the salt waters of Cuba. Oh no! Um, oh no! Yeah, yeah. I got some great photos and videos that. <laughs> <laughs> luckily uploaded to the iCloud. Oh, um, that's always but, good. But um, yeah, so so a quick tip to transition <laughs> into the, the the piece of equi equipment I want to reference is um, if you're if you think your phone is and legitimately this is a tip if you think yeah. that your phone is waterproof just yeah. double check always mm -hmm. double check it's just a Google search away you know you're gonna Google search where the churro nearest churros are you know later on today so yeah, I think it's worth the search to save your phone. Uh, is the XS, is the, you know, Galaxy, whatever, is it uh, waterproof? And yeah. just kind of make sure. Um, and then the, and, di uh, the, you know, the distance is important, like how how low you're going under as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's up to four feet, three or four mm. feet for the uh, XRs in, or the XSs. They're waterproof um, up to that point? They're water resistant up oh. to that point. What that means is, so what, no, and what that means, what is, that means is don't use them under the water. <laughs> don't realistically. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if you're thinking, you know, oh, wow, this is an interesting topic. I'm going to take my phone down uh, to the nearby lake. <laughs> don't do it. Um, because so basically resistant means the water resistance up to that, that uh, up to like a meter or a little less than a meter basically means that. Uh, it, it can drop in, for example. So if you're uh, walking with your phone near a pool, it can drop in and you okay. can pull it out and you'll be yeah. fine. Um, and, you know, even using it in, in Cuba, like it was totally fine for quite a while, honestly, longer than it probably should have lasted. Um, but um, yeah, definitely got some some great photos of like a, a bunch of fish and stuff. That was that was nice. really cool. Oh, wow. Now, with, yeah, man. So it was good to get that. Uh, also, Pro iCloud. Probably worth awesome. it then. Ex more expensive uh, trip to Cuba as a result of replacing the phone. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a bit more expensive. But uh, that leads to this point, which is you can also get a waterproof casing for your phone. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, you know, if you uh, if you don't feel like taking the risk with uh, maybe a more affordable body or something like that with your, your beautiful camera. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So uh, you can always go out and, and pick up one of those as well. Like um, like Jared mentioned, uh, if you have a GoPro, you can get a GoPro casing yeah. as well. Uh, those you can find very on very common. You can find tons used um, on on the aftermarket. So Facebook Marketplace, check your Kijijis. Um, and um, the, uh, the uh, there are some great Nikon options. Thank you for referencing those as well. Um, one tip. I oh, you know, you know, give. we love Nikon on photography brothers. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll give them some underwater cred and that's they get much what draw, yeah. draw the line there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, a good tip for you guys. Um, so, um, one of the photos that we, uh, or styles that we saw a lot in, in this contest, like we mentioned before was that split photo. And, um, one thing that I learned recently actually through a Peter McKinnon video. So you may have oh, seen cool. it already is that um, when you have your housing and you have the camera in the housing, 
what you might be noticing if you are have already tried this is that the image is not coming clear uh the water is disturbing it so what you need to do is actually this is like a there might be better ways to do this it might be a little nasty um you can spit on the oh. the like the lens part covering okay. uh spread that it creates like a little layer and so that allows you once you do that dip to see clearly under underwater and it, it okay, seems a little weird and if you're with some friends they'll maybe look at you strange but it will it will work yeah maybe uh don't follow the rules that we laid out in the first half of the episode for this this is kind of a shoot you're going to want to do by yourself <laughs> <laughs> if you're spitting on on you your casing for sure spitting a lot yeah. um yeah man i want to get into as well um because because i'm a nerd uh and because i thought that it would be nerdy to nerd out on this um but also to highlight the, the true skill of these photographers and the difficulty of uh, doing underwater photography. Uh, let's get into here, if that's cool, some of the reasons why under, underwater photography is hard. Um, is that cool? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, let's do it. Nice, nice. Um, I mean, I was going to do it anyways, but I'm glad that you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supportive. I'm supportive. I'm glad you're supporting me. So we've talked about uh, probably the biggest hurdle um, and maybe the most obvious one. You can't just grab your camera and go underwater with it. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> good way to break your camera. Uh, yeah. Really, really probably one of the best. Probably one of the best ways to break your camera. And also you're probably not the able, leading. Yeah, yeah. The number one. Other than just dropping on the ground. I mean, smashing it on the That's, ground is a pretty yeah. easy way. Maybe take a bath Good with your point. camera. Um, but we're not here to give you tips on how to break your camera. We're here to give you <laughs> tips on underwater photography. Um, something that I don't know anything about, but I researched it. So now I do. Um, <laughs> so the biggest problem that you have is just in the nature of underwater photography and the fact uh, that water uh, refracts light. So there's this issue of refraction. And what that means essentially is, uh, whenever light comes in contact with, uh, something like a lens or some type of medium, uh, water, your eyeball, your camera lens, anything yeah. like that, these can all be considered like me mediums for this purpose. Um, it actually bends the light and, uh, slows the light down a bit, which I don't fully understand. Uh, again, not a physicist. I am a photographer. Um, so I know, I know about enough, uh, that I need to know. Um, but a lot of problems are getting, uh, created by the fact that water is refracting light in a very different yep. way, uh, than we're used to on land. And some of the, um, some of the things that come up, some of the problems that come up because of this refraction of light in water. Uh, the first thing is that wide angle lenses are normal lenses underwater. So very, very strange thing. Um, but this came up when I was looking at all of these underwater uh, photography websites and underwater photography cameras, and they're all wide angle. And I'm sitting there being like, all these photos aren't all wide angle necessarily, right? So what's going on here? Um, so the thing is that uh, just because of how light interacts with water, it turns out that a uh, 35 millimeter lens uh, is effectively a 50 millimeter lens. So I have uh, one wow. right here, the uh, Plastic Fantastic Canon hey. 50 millimeter. Hey, shout out, shout out <laughs> to the Plastic Fantastic or the Nifty 50, the lens yeah. so good that's got many nicknames. Um, and yeah, this thing is uh, is an amazing lens and it replicates uh, the human eye in terms of how wide you're seeing. Um, if you took uh, this lens uh, in the water, that wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, you would want like a 35 millimeter, which again would be a little bit wide above water. Um, but in the water, it's like shooting on a 50 millimeter. So I thought that was interesting. Also, uh, things, you know, those like uh, when you're driving in your truck, Michael, in your, um, what do you, uh, I'm assuming you got a baller, edge. baller truck, right? Uh, an edge, yeah. a Ferrari edge. Uh, when Michael's driving <laughs> around in his um, Tesla Ferrari edge, uh, yes. he looks down at his mirror and what does it say there? Look at my mirror and what does it say? Yeah. What does it say on your mirror? Oh, man. I don't know. I haven't read it my says mirror. objects in mirror closer than they appear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, nice. and that's also a problem underwater. But you actually have the opposite problem. So things are actually um, 25% or a quarter further away. So let's say that you are taking a photo of uh, an octopus and it appears to you 
that the octopus is three feet away. The octopus is actually four feet away. So this can kind of screw wow. up uh, if you're used to focusing um, by like how far away you are from the subject and things like that. Getting your focus underwater is hard. Autofocus doesn't work great underwater. Um, there's some certain things. So you're going to have to keep that in mind. Uh, it's a good thing when there's a shark away from you. Like, let's say the shark is like, uh, you know, it looks like it's three meters away. It's actually four meters away. So you have a bit more time to get away from the shark. Um, but it's a bad thing uh, if you're trying to take perfectly focused and uh, brilliant photos as my dog uh, chokes up a hairball over here. Um, <laughs> some other she'll be done in a moment there. She did it uh, here on the podcast. Dogs are choking up hairballs. You're getting your hairball update. Um, shout out to Sonia. Uh, and also another thing uh, about underwater photography that I really didn't think about that makes it really hard is the loss of color that happens. You're in like a blue medium of water uh, and mm -hmm. things look super blue, <laughs> turns yeah. out. Um, the farther away they are, um, and this counts both vertically and horizontally, right? If you're like looking down at something or if you're looking across at something, um, it's gonna you're gonna be losing your color saturation um, due to the blueness of the water. Obviously, white balance will help with that. Uh, and this is a place where, and your lighting is going to help with that as well, the type of lights that you're using. Um, but mm -hmm. also, this is a place where cameras that are specifically made for underwater um, are still really useful. So just kind of an interesting thing there. Uh, and yeah, another problem is just like all of the plankton and all of the whatnot in the water. Um, when you put off a flash, like water is always full of little particles of stuff. Uh, yeah. seaweed and all of this and that can create bubbles. Like, sparkles and bubbles yeah. and yeah all of these sort of like artifacts uh, that you might not want in your photos um, so yeah those are some things that uh, you come across and some things that underwater photographers have to deal with and uh, have to adjust for as they're shooting underwater I just thought it was super uh, super interesting um, just from the perspective of trying to get these photos and how hard it is right oh yeah um there, um, there are some very interesting photos that are that are quite difficult to get. If you if you guys uh, get into you know the Planet Earth series and stuff, they they almost every episode they're always you know they they'll visit um, some sort of underwater body and it's it's like the difficulty, the complexity of those shots, the the uh, just the the outstanding work that they do. It's crazy. So if you're looking for uh, some some more ways to get inspired by uh, underwater photography and visual art, then that's definitely something you can do. I highly recommend the Seven Worlds, uh, One Planet uh, docu-series. Really, really good. Uh, some incredible underwater photography. Um, also wanted to highlight uh, a, a really talented individual. I came across him on Instagram. Um, I uh, believe his name is pronounced Gruet Florian. Uh, he's French. Um, so I probably pronounced that wrong. Uh, I fully acknowledge that. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Either way, but, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to link it down below. So you know, we're gonna have that, to yeah. know how to say it or spell it. You just click on a link. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, definitely very talented. Uh, another, uh, another way that you can, uh, another, another outlet to, uh, to learn from, um, you know, utilizes water very well. And, and, uh, sometimes that's just using the uh, exterior of it. Sometimes uh, a lot of the time he's under the water. Um, and it's cool cause there's a lot of underwater portraitures, which we haven't been able to, to really talk to because, uh, I mean, typically you'd ca capture sea life, uh, in yeah, this contest. Cool, so, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, some really, really inspiring work, um, that can really get you on your way. I will check them out. I will check them out. And, uh, I think we'll give everybody an opportunity to, uh, get out and check out some brilliant photographers because I think that that's the show. Can I have one quick tip? Oh, one quick tip. We got a tip. Well, we got yeah. a couple of things. We got a tip. We got uh, a shout out and, uh, and then we'll, get, and then we'll get out of here and then you can go check out photographers. But first a tip. All right. I just want to say, if you are in Toronto or are thinking of going to Lake Ontario to do this, don't do that. Okay? You will die. I'm you pretty will sure. Die. You will probably... Lake Ontario is disgusting. So I don't... swim in Lake Ontario, bro. Okay. Well, <laughs> this, is why, this is why he's a genius super mutant. Okay? It's yes. Because he went in and he came out. Uh, this is why I have gills way. now. 
<laughs> yeah, turn turn around, show everyone your gills. <laughs> this is what now you expose me. This is why I want to cover this underwater photography story. I've got an edge as a uh, guild photographer. All so, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go ahead if that- you want to uh, go to Ontario Place, top in Lake Ontario, take some photos. <laughs> oh, jeez. Give her. <laughs> Give her eyes. Go it's for good, it. Good let, for us, the, let us know if you made good it. Good for the immune system. And <laughs> comment down below if you made it. <laughs> Beautiful. That the, that's the only tip? Oh, that was, yeah, that was, is more oh, of a joke okay. um, th- than anything, oh. but also strongly recommended. But, but yeah, more, more of a, of a humorous mm-hmm. gesture. Fair enough. Fair enough. I strongly recommend you go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, the lawsuit isn't on my hands. Oh boy! All right, maybe don't then. If we're if we're talking legal matters, then, then uh, only swim in approved areas. That's uh, right. That's what the photo bros say. Keep it safe out there. Keep it safe. Keep it safe, and uh, we are going to. Uh, this is a horrible transition. We are going to keep it safe <laughs> by ending the episode here. So, uh, Michael, I appreciate you uh, bringing your research and your knowledge to the table here for this episode of Photography Brothers. Uh, great conversation around loneliness. Uh, great tips to solve yeah. that problem. And uh, some really fascinating information around uh, underwater photography. And quite a bit of inspiration as well, man. Looking at these photos this week has been been uh incredibly uh inspiring to me so so yeah that's going to be this week's show we've got an excellent show uh coming up for you guys next week uh we are bringing you episodes of photography brothers each and every week and uh before we go i just want to give a thank you to our editor sydney uh we're gonna give a shout out to uh michael costa's girlfriend alexa uh, shout out to Alexa. Shout out to my girlfriend Masha for putting up with uh, my ass. And uh, thanks, thanks to my dog Sonia, and thanks to you, Michael, and thanks to our listeners. Thank you. 